welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! All of us in this season, we're speaking about God of the impossible. There are many things that are trying to shake you out right now. There are many life situations and circumstances that are trying to shake you out and destabilize you. There are current situations and there are past situations. Things that have happened that have tried to shake you out. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. David said, I've set the Lord before me and because he's at my right hand, he's my place of security, power, strength, comfort. He's home. I will not be moved. And I feel the Lord saying to you and to us, and I'm going to speak something over the Ottawa, the Ottawa area and the surrounding regions. That the only way that you as a believer are going to make it through this next season is to have an understanding God says that I am your home and I'm the only one and the only safe place that's going to keep you from being shaken when everything around you shakes because there is coming I believe a new shaking there are going to be unexpected things that take place in this next season to come in the Ottawa region and the surrounding regions and there is something underground beginning to happen right now and it's going to shock us all and when it shocks us all and it shakes us all God wants us to know that he is our home he is our safe place we need to hear this right now there is going to be unexpected I don't want to call it surprises in the season to come because of things that are happening below the surface they're going to come up and they're going to tempt you to get out of your place they're going to tempt you to move out of your place there will be tragedy there will be crisis there will be a crisis of faith there will be a crisis and a crossroads so to speak that will come your way But the only way you will make it through is to have an understanding that when he's your home, when everything shakes around you, you will not be shaken. So when things begin to shake beneath the surface, you're going to want to move. You're going to want to get out. You're going to want to get out of dodge, so to speak. You're going to want to move out of your place. But God says, stay in your place. And because I'm your home and I'm at your right hand, you will win through this process. And you will not be shaken when things around you shake. And I want to declare this, that there is going to be signs 
in the spirit that you're going to see in this season to come of shaking that's going to rattle you to the core. It's going to look like weather. It's going to look like things happening in the natural. It's going to look like unusual things happening. But there's been nothing usual about the last several years. But there is still a continuation of the unusual in the next season. And God is saying to you right now, and he's saying to us right now, let me be your safe place because I'm the only safe place. And when I am, you will not be shaken. And I share this out of a dream that I had last night about things that are coming to the city of Ottawa and the surrounding regions. You're going to feel the fear. What do you do when you feel the fear? You simply just acknowledge that God is bigger than the fear. I feel the fear. It's real to me. But I acknowledge that God is bigger than the fear and because he's at my right hand. Because I set the Lord before me. Let this get engraved in the very soul, the fabric of your being right now. Just like David. I got to be grounded. I got to be grounded. I got to be stable. I got to understand that if he's ahead of me, if he's before me, if he's in the limelight of my life, if he's in my focus, not in my review mirror, he's in my focus, the past, the junk, the crisis, the tragedy, it's in my review mirror, but Jesus is ahead. He is my focus, and because of that, and because he's at my right hand, in strength, power, security, and comfort, I will not be moved when everything around me wants to move me out of my place. So lift your hands, and let's just declare over our lives that when there is a shaking, when there's moving, I will not move. The world may move, people may move, things may move, unexpected things will happen, but when it all happens, I will not be moved. I will not be shaken because he is at my right hand. We just thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Just thank him for his protection over your life. Thank him. We thank you for your awesomeness in our life god we just honor you this morning just as we transition we're going to stay in this space this morning we're going to linger in this space what you feel right now we're going to stay here but i'm going to just let the kids go if they need to if the kids want to transition they can they don't have to this is a different morning something special about this morning there's a different spirit about this morning and so we're going to just we're going to stay in this place I, I really just want to set the, the, you know, I shared a little bit of what I shared. I didn't share everything, but I shared a little bit just recently in regarding a dream that I had. I didn't tell you the dream, but I want us to have a, um, an expectation of the unexpected in this season. So when it happens and you're tempted to be moved out of your place, some of you will be tempted even to move out of the city. Some of you are going to be tempted to move out of the city. And I just believe the Lord is saying, don't move unless I move. Some of you will be tempted to run for fear. Some of you will be tempted to let fear be a guide in your decisions that will be bad decisions in the end. The Lord says to you, don't move unless I move. You don't have to move out of your place unless I move. Put him before and at the side, and you watch what happens when you can stand strong. The only way a tree 
gets stronger in its root systems if it, if it's, is if it has adversity, adverse winds coming against it. It has to learn to stay unmoved when winds come. That's what we need. We need some grit. We need grit. Texas isn't the answer. Kind of joking. Like I said, we're going to do something a little bit different today. And we're just going to stay in this atmosphere. I, I invite you to sit down if you need to. Um, you know, based upon a few things that happened this week, Harley shared a little bit what she was sensing this week. And I love it when our, our, leads, our leaders take time to pray into what God wants to do on a weekend. And Jean, her husband, also had a dream that she wasn't even aware of until after the fact, after she already had kind of the, the word and it connected. And I had been juggling between two things that I was going to share this week, and it, and it fit. And I felt like I said, I said to Harley, I said, when we get to Sunday, or when we get into worship, I was telling her this morning, when we get into worship, I'll, I think I'll know where we need to land the plane. Like, I, I think I'll feel the, le the leading of the Holy Spirit of how we are to, to do go about this today. And I'm going to read a scripture for you in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. It says this, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country. This is Abraham, for those of you that don't know the scripture. He was once called Abram, and the, the name change really was significant of the transformation spiritually. And purposely in his life. And so he went from Abram to Abraham, kind of like Jacob went from Jacob to Israel, okay? Like Saul to Paul. Verse 1 out of chapter 12 says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Interesting that I share this right after I share, don't leave. Because the difference is what I, now when I say this is like, you can leave out of fear, or you can leave out of faith. I watch a lot of people leave and lead out of fear. I watch a lot of people move out of their place, both spiritually speaking, like metaphorically speaking, and then even locationally, geographically speaking. I watch people leave jobs and leave commitments and leave marriages and leave relationships and leave all these kind of things and churches and communities and people and careers because of the winds of adversity it's one thing to leave out of fear it's a whole other thing to leave and be led out of faith god said to abram leave your native country your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that i will show you leave everything that you're comfortable with that you're familiar with leave your security leave everything you've built Imagine that right now. God says to you, leave it all. Just give it, like, just leave it all. You're moving to Fiji. Everybody would be like, yeah. Or think of a country that no one wants to go to right now. I don't know. But, you know, imagine God says, leave it all. Leave everything that you're comfortable with out of your comfort zone. And, and, and I know that many people in this room have had moments and seasons where they've left what was comfortable, right? And I would say if you haven't, you haven't really lived spiritually if you've never left anything sacrificed anything left what's comfortable you haven't really lived spiritually 
The spiritual life, the kingdom life is a life of sacrifice, a life of uncomfortable at times, most of the time, a life of tests, a life of, a life of trophies and triumphs and victories, but also a life of death. Hope deferred, discouragement, disappointment, a lot of that too in there, a lot of that. Just go to the land, I will show you, verse 2. He says, as I will make you into a great nation. This is a really powerful promise that I'm reading because it actually is fulfilled through Christ in you now. But the choice is yours to actually fully embrace it or not. This is one of the most powerful prophetic promises in Scripture. That really was a continuation of the first covenant promise or the first commission, let me say, in the garden to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply. Occupy. Take a dominion. Why? Because God has called you to invite his kingdom dominion into your world. His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. A king has a kingdom because a king has dominion. It's kingdom. The king's domain. God invited you to invite his domain into your world. That was simply an overflow and a byproduct of the first great commission ever that existed in the garden. After sin, God said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So he said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And I will make you or I will allow you to be a blessing to others. How many want that? How many want to be a blessing to others? And this word famous is not like you're going to be a celebrity on the Shoppers Drug Mart, you know, tabloid magazines. It's not what he's talking about. But he's going to make your name great. He's going to make you known to all hell. He's going to make you known because of the influence and the kingdom within you manifest and growing through you every, every single day. He's going to make your voice heard. And you'll be a blessing to others. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. And curse those who treat you with contempt. Otherwise, because you reap what you sow, right? If you sow encouragement, you're going to get encouragement. If people treat you badly, if you understand this, the power of this, they'll reap badly at some point. The, the, the connotation is not like a curse, like a hex has been put on you, like people think. No, you reap what you sow. Galatians says God's not going to be mocked in this process you reap what you sow so if somebody's sowing into you badly they're going to reap badly if somebody's sowing into you i know it's not a word goodly they're going to reap goodly good things they're going to reap good things it's just it's a law in the spirit it can't be broken verse three i will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt all the families listen to this on earth will be blessed through you imagine hearing this as somebody who's 75 years old, which he was, with no, herit with, with no lineage. He's got no son. Got no sign of any possibility of this word coming to pass. That's the kind of word God wants to give you. He wants to give you the kind of word where there's no possibility of it coming to pass based upon your current life situation and circumstances. That's a promise from God. A promise from God is not like, you know... Um, I'm going to cause you to be able to give 10 more percent of your budget uh, because I've noticed you've not been using that other 10 percent. So I'm just going to 
ask you to give it away. That's not really a promise from God or faith. You have it. Promises from God require faith when you don't have it. You, you tracking with me here? So here, this great promise from God with no sign of possibility. But we've been singing it. I don't know. We, hopefully it's not Christian karaoke for you. We're singing it. We're declaring it so then we get opportunity to manifest it. One of the most convicting things that I struggle with as a pastor, as a lead pastor, as a communicator, is constantly being reminded of everything I say when it's challenged through my kids and my family. Six days, seven days a week. Like, man, like, because you can forget, right? My kids encourage me so much without them realizing it by reminding me of what's right all the time when I forget. Because I do forget. Nobody's ever 100% in that space of never forgetting. If we were, then Jesus would have never said, do this in remembrance of me regards to communion, because he'd be like, you never forget me, so just do it. No, he's, do this because I want you to always bring me back to the forefront of your focus, because you can forget. We all forget. Now, we see this in Galatians. I'm, I'm drawing a picture for you, and then I'm going to, we're going to shift gears in a second. Just track with me. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. We see this fulfillment through Christ Jesus. It says here, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, which is you, the gospel was first meant for the Jews. Through the rejection, you can read this between Romans 9 and chapter 11. Through the rejection of the Jews, the Gentiles, everybody else on planet earth was given the opportunity and invitation to know Jesus and the gospel. We, 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 we're, we've been grafted into the vine. The, the, the Bible calls us, we, we've been grafted in. We've been sown in. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, everybody else, with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. So he's blessed you with the same promise to Abraham. So look back. What's that promise? I'll make you great. Great nation. I'll bless you. Make you famous. Make you a blessing to others. You want that, right? I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. That same promise is on your life. Have you accepted it? Grounded yourself in it so that you can see the fruit of it manifest in your life i claim it for my kids every day make them better than me the best prayer you could pray as a parent is say make your make my kids god way better than i am way closer to you than i am way deeper stronger better in all areas and the only way to do that is if you as a parent or as a leader are constantly changing the way and the method from which you use to raise your kids. You can't just repeat. Not that your parents were bad, but if you're just simply repeating everything that your parents did, you're not necessarily making the next generation better. Because we're called to get better. It's just, it's the nature of inheritance. You receive something you did not work for. So then it says here, the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Skip over to verse 29. A few verses later it says this, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, his heirs, his heirs, sorry, his heirs, his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. It's confirmed. It's settled. It's established that you are the true children of Abraham. When God speaks 
of the families of the earth being blessed through you, Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, he's speaking about you. You were prophesied about before you ever even were born. You had a promise over your life and a purpose before you were ever even a human being. You were a spirit being first. God saw you as a spirit being and said, okay, there's a time that's going to come in the year whatever, whenever you were born, and you're going to get your earth suit on. Your spirit's going to come into the temporary, the scene, the scene world, and the promise that was spoken over Abraham, if you choose to accept it, will be yours. And it's fulfilled and it's accessed through the person of Jesus. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. The only thing, listen to this, the only thing, you can only do one thing in this process. Because the, 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 the prophecy really is, I will show you where to go. He's leading you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. It's not you, right? You're not making your name great, trying to go onto social media, make your name great, do your thing, advertise yourself, promote yourself, and that's all good if you have business and things that you're doing. But the, in the end, it's not going to be those things that necessarily makes your name great. It's going to be his doing. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make you a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. I will bless all the people on earth through you. He said it over and over again, I will, I will, I will. The only responsibility on Abraham for this to happen, you know what it was? Was to go. It was to go. It was to step out in faith. We talk a lot here about faith. How can we not? There's no journey in kingdom life without the conversation of faith. Faith is everything. It's your It's your everything. It's your everything. And that will never change. We talk a lot about this. Because the whole journey is about continuing to move forward when you don't want to. When it doesn't make sense. And for Abraham, nothing made sense. He had no lineage. The prophecy is there. He had no lineage, no sign of hope that this could ever actually happen. And in the middle of all that, God's like, leave it all. Faith. The greatest rewards only come through taking the greatest risks. And that's most of the time how we spell faith in the kingdom. R-I-S-K. But not in the negative sense of a risk, like you could take a risk and if you do this, you might die type of a risk. I'm talking about everything in faith feels risky in nature. That I might lose something. I would rather lose something and gain something greater than for fear of losing something, not gain something greater because of fear. Any day of the week. So he's 75 years old, and God's like, it's time to move. It's time to shift. Now let me just jump here for a second to Genesis 15, chapter 5 to 6. Think about this now. He's, we don't know exactly how many years have gone by, but he's discouraged. He's like, God, are you really the God of the impossible? I mean, I was singing it on Sunday, you know, June 4th, 2022, this, this crazy Worship leader was leading us in this song, God, you're the God of the impossible, and we're speaking about this, and there's this other guy on the stage, and he's yelling at me, and he doesn't look like a pastor, and, you know, what's the deal, and, 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 you're, and he's discouraged, and he's like, I've, I've sung the song, I've heard the word, but I'm discouraged because there's no sign of anything happening in my life. You guys, 
everyone in this room, there are things in your life that show no evidence of the things you know should be. Everyone has them, right? It's like there's no evidence. Like I've prayed, I've, I've, I've sacrificed, I have brought people into my process, I have shared it, I have declared it, I have cast out every demon out of the situation potentially. I've even made up demonic names because of what if I missed the, uh, the address and I didn't say the right name and you've done all the things and there's no sign. Abraham's like, this is super discouraging. And in verse 5 of chapter 15, it says this, the Lord took Abraham outside in the dark. I've said this over and over again. Faith is not a walk in the park, it's a walk in the dark. He says, while it's dark, it's dark, because that's what faith, faith only exists in the metaphorical dark. You do not need faith when you can see where you're going. You need faith when you can't see where you're going. That's why, like we say over and over again, Paul said it, you walk by faith, not by sight. So if there's no sight, it's dark. If you can't see, it's dark, and that's what faith looks like. So God's like, hey, Abram, you're discouraged, disappointed, no sign. Come out in the dark and look up. He says, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. So what I'm about to show you, your mind can't even logically comprehend or wrap itself around. That's why he says, Count the stars if you can. If you can. How many? I pray for everyone in this room that you would have an if you can promise from God in this season. In the sense of where God says to you, if you can, try to figure out how I'm going to do this. Because that if you can statement is a statement that says you won't be able to do it. If you can, leaves you hanging like you know you can't, which is, wow. He says, count all the stars if you can, because I know you can't, and hopefully this is enough encouragement for you to keep going. He said, that's how many descendants you will have. Imagine, it makes no sense. He's probably thinking, I am like, I need to go check myself into the white room. Like, I need to check myself in. Like, I'm hearing things now that literally are making no sense. Count the stars if you can. This is how many descendants you're going to have. I have no lineage. Like, this is such an amazing pastoral passage for our lives. Because it pastors us into thinking like God wants us to think. To have a grasshopper's view of a big world and a big promise. Rather than a giant's view of a small grasshopper, which a lot of us have. God wants to give us a grasshopper's view. It's massive. Like, I can't even figure this thing out. How is this going to happen? I have those promises over my life. And I need this in my life. You need this in your life to remind you to keep moving. That's how many descendants you have, verse 6. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. My prayer for you is that when God blows your mind with a promise, even this promise, that your response would be faith. Because that's what makes you stand right before the Lord. Hebrews eleven six 6 says it's impossible to please God except 
by faith. I believe, God. You promised me you're going to heal my wife, my daughter, my kids. You're going to heal my husband. You're going to heal my mother, my father. You're going to do this, and I'm going to stand believing. That's what makes you righteous when you stand. Some of us have taken a seat because we're discouraged. But when we stand, when we don't want to stand, because we've set the Lord always before us, and we're standing with him at my right hand, I'm not going to be moved out of that place where I'm called to stand in faith. And that's what makes righteousness happen. It's when you stand with him, believing his promise over your life. 25 more years had to pass, just so, us, so we all know, before any of the signs of this promise took place. And Abraham didn't even experience the promise manifest, but he experienced the first fruits of it. The patriarchs of the faith are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know the story with Isaac, that was his, his blood son, which was the beginning fulfillment of the prophecy in Genesis chapter 12. But you know what took place right before this great encouragement in Genesis chapter 15? He gave a special offering to God. In fact, he was the first recorded person in Scripture to give what's called a tithe to God in honor. Melchizedek who no one fully understands the origin, but is mentioned in the book of Hebrews as a type of Christ. Abraham in that time said, I'm just going to give to this guy. As a type of Christ, a foreshadowing. I'm just going to honor. Because I've been blessed, I'm going to bless. And I just believe that, you know, we've, we have not done this in a very long time outside of what we do at the end of every year. But Harley had this word this, this week about writing something down that we're believing for and bringing some sort of a sacrifice with it. Similar to what we do at the House of Hearts at the end of every year, but we're calling this sort of a house of miracles. This was not a planned thing. This was kind of a spontaneous thing. And Jean had that word about the same, the same type of spirit of, the, of that and coming on Sunday, bringing something to God. And what I want to do is we're going to pass out these yellow papers and an offering envelope. Now, you don't have to do this. Do not feel any pressure to do this. We're just following what we feel the Lord wants us to do. And I have some things that I'm writing down on mine that I'm believing for. And I'm going to sow something as a sacrifice. And the thing is, this is an offering. This is not considered a tithe. This is not considered like a, this is supposed to be above and beyond whatever you normally give because it has to feel like willing. But if you don't want to do this, that's totally fine. If you just want to do the Write something down on the yellow paper, that's totally fine. You need to follow what God is leading you to do. Do what you feel like God wants you to do. I actually really don't care what you do. I really don't care what you do because this is between you and God. And when we have an understanding in moments like these, of the importance sometimes of moments like these, we'll just do what God wants us to do. And that's what... I want to encourage you to do this morning. Because this may be something that becomes an encouragement to you in the coming season. 
I, I want to share this thing because, you know, I, I, it blew my mind. It really, and it really impacted me. I was at this um, pastor's gathering about two weeks ago. There was 250 pastors. Uh, it was a sold-out um, event at Lansdowne, the horticultural building. 250 pastors. We packed all in there. It was sold out. And I was there. I was probably like, to be honest with you, like I was probably in the 15% of the entire attendance of youngest lead pastors in there. There was people that had been in ministry for over 60 years in Ottawa that were there, like veterans and people that, you know, if you've been in ministry for 60 years as a local pastor, you are a victor. Like, you should have a, tro there should be like a medal, a medal of honor given. Because the battles that you have to move through as a pastor for that long, I mean, is worthy of a medal. Anyways, beside the point. I'm there and all these pastors are there and at one point in the beginning, the, the leads, were, they, they wanted to honor all those that had been in ministry for over like 30 years, 25 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. People were standing up. The top three in the whole, out of the 250 pastors that stood up, one was 62 years in full-time ministry in Ottawa pastoring. And the second was 57 years. And during the break, this is so crazy to me, during the break, that pastor, who everybody was like cheering and honoring and like celebrating, wow, you've made it, the second, the 57-year pastor, out of all the people, comes up to me. And he, he comes in and he hugs me and he like, he squeezes me tight. Like I'm talking about, and I was like, I was like, what's going on? Like I, I, I know of him, but I don't know him. And he squeezes me tight. And I'm feeling like the love of God. I'm like, out of all the guys, I'm just feeling like loved right now. I'm like this, here's this guy. He's, and he whispers in my ear and he says to me, he said, he said, I want to thank you. He said, he said to me, he said, um, he said, I came to, I felt I was supposed to come to a Sunday several years ago, back when you were at Carleton University. And that was a tough season. It was a tough season for me, but it was a tough season just in general. He's like, I felt to come to Carleton University when you were there. I felt the Lord wanted me to go. He's like, I was going through a really stressful time. I wasn't doing well, and I, it was hard. He whispers in my ear, and he said, you spoke about not quitting. And he said it really, really impacted me. He said to me, he said it was like spinach to Popeye. It gave me so much strength to keep going. And I was so encouraged. And I came back and told my wife. And you just never know, like, the power of your seed. Here is this guy of 57 years. I'm a, I'm a fraction of that. And here he is encouraging me, thanking me 
for basically telling him without even realizing it not to give up. And to make matters even more powerful, at the end of this whole thing, his wife came up to me and said the same thing without even knowing we were talking about it. She said, I remember when my husband felt to go to your church on that Sunday and he came back so strong. You never know the power of your sacrifice, even when you don't want to give it, when you don't want to do it, when you don't want to pray it, when you don't want to be obedient, when you don't want to be led by the Spirit because it's just hard and you're having a rough time and I wanted to quit. And here I am encouraging somebody else and you just don't realize it. That was life to me. That was like me, like Abraham saying, God is saying to me, come out of your tent, Sean, and look up while it's dark. You see all those stars? The promise is still there. That one encouragement was like a star for me. And God is so faithful that he gives you lights in dark places to help you keep moving forward. And I'm praying for some lights for you in this season. It may come because you step out. It may come because you sacrifice today. It may come nothing to do with that. I don't know. That's why I'm saying I don't care what you do. But we're going to just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in this moment. I'd love to encourage you just as we are going to stay in this place of worship, just take some time to write down what you're believing for. If you haven't already, maybe you already have. On your yellow paper, and we have two buckets at the front here. We have, I think, two buckets at the sides, right? The sides, or where are they? I don't know. Yeah, but there's up there too, or just down here? There's three, okay. Okay, don't do it yet. Don't do anything yet, but, and there's an offering, uh, a kiosk back there. If you want to give, you don't have to. You can give by text to give. I mean, that's what normally people do anyways. That's only way I do it, but you can give by text to give. You can go, once again, you don't have to do an offering if you don't want to, but we're just giving you an opportunity. We're giving you an opportunity to, to sow into something right now with what you're believing for as a step of faith. And so can we just worship for a few moments before we do this, and then we're going to pray together over this moment. The things that are in the buckets right now, if everyone's got their stuff, if, Andrean, could I get you to pour everything into one bucket? Maybe at the front here, pour everything into one. Then we're going to pray. There's still time. We're just going to amalgamate here, make it easier. Um, I just want to say a little caveat, like, and I want to say this because I, I know that it, people have this weird perspective. Like, when I'm vulnerable on the stage like this and I share things about my own life, it's not because I'm trying to garner your attention and then, like, have everybody try to encourage me after and be like, you're an amazing person, don't give up. Like, like I, don't, I, I don't share it for that. And I, I want you to know that I'm not, like, in this dark, dire, straight place. But I've had moments, like every one of us, and I share these things to hopefully ground myself on your level because so many people think that because I have the mic that I'm just like this superior entity. And I'm not. 
I'm no different than anybody else. I just have a different responsibility than you. And so when I share stuff like that, like once again, like it's not that you need to come to me and try to like encourage me deeply. I mean, I always take encouragement. But it's, it's, I'm sharing things to hopefully share and connect with you because I know a lot of you are going through similar, similar things. Does that make sense? I just want to share that with you. Is everyone ready here? I'm gonna, we're going to pray. If, if I can just get, yeah. If I, if, you know what, just in, in, the, in light of the word, if I can get Jean, if you're able, and Harley to help me pray, because I feel like you guys both had this dream and I'd like you guys to help me pray over this. And what I also would like to do while this is happening is if we can get a ministry team. I don't know uh, if we have some team members that could come be available, ministry team, to be available to pray at the front right away. If they can just come down real quick. You know who you are. If you've done it before, just come down quick. Just don't think about it. Just come down. And while we're praying, if you need prayer, and we're going to pray, if there's a miracle in your life, healing in your body, family members, anything that you need prayer for, I want to encourage you, come down, and our team's going to pray with you. If I can get some more people, Jicky, if you can rally some more people for me, please. And maybe if you guys can just spread out, maybe a little bit, like just go across. And while we're praying over this, if you need prayer, like I said, we're going to take the next 15 minutes or so to just give an opportunity to pray for those that are believing for something in their life, we want to be there with you. And I would be remiss to, to say this, that the best and most powerful miracle is you surrendering your life to Jesus. You might be in this room and you're on the fence. The greatest miracle is always you saying yes to the one who died on the cross and resurrected to give you new life. Simply by confessing that Jesus is God, he's Lord over your life, and believing that he was raised from the dead on the third day is simply the invitation and access point to let him become the lead in your life. You were once the lead, now he's come becoming the lead, and that's the most important miracle. And if you've never done that, I want to just invite you to say yes today. Say, I receive your forgiveness, Jesus. I receive the fact that you are God, you are Lord. I want you as leader in my life. And I believe that you were raised from the dead on the third day to raise me to new life. That's the most important prayer you'll ever pray. Okay, so if I can get, uh, yes, let's pray. And I want, I want you guys to stretch your hands. Some of you, I don't know if all of you, but even if you didn't put anything in here, just stretch your hands. Let's believe together. Whatever the timeline, we're just taking a step of faith today. So Jesus, right now, we just thank you. We come into agreement. We come into agreement right now. For every prayer prayed, every prayer written down, God, those that even sacrificed financially, put a seed in there as well, God, we just pray for multiplication. God, we pray for blessing to fall. We pray for answered prayer. That God, you'd answer the prayers of your people. God, we're asking that you'd answer the prayers of your people. In 2022, answer the prayers of your people. God, we offer these up as an offering to you. We offer these up as an offering to you. Breathe down on these things. Bring them into fruition. Bring them into fruitfulness. Show us 
what's unexpected. Blow our minds in this season. We invite the God of miracles to work these things out in and through our lives in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship. As we close, let's worship.